0: What's up guys? Welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. Today is July 16th and we're in John chapter 9. We're reading 1 through 41, the whole chapter, chapter 9, and we are over halfway done with the John Summer Challenge. Can you believe it? And today we see yet another miracle performed by Jesus. Another miracle that points to the greater miracle that is to come where Jesus will willingly die on the cross and raise from the dead in order to bring new life to lost and blind sinners. Now these miracles involve incredible physical healings by Jesus. And, and we read about these and we're, we marvel at them. We, we praise God for them. And unlike the fake modern healers of today, Jesus's miracles and his healings Are different. Unlike the fake healers of today, Jesus's healings are truly and fully immediately effective. Jesus is the true healer. But not only do these miracles display physical healings, but they also teach us important lessons about how we can be spiritually healed. And today we get another very important lesson as we read about a man going from physical blindness to being able to see for the first time in his life and jesus will also teach us about spiritual blindness and our need for spiritual sight so let's break down this passage into three parts number one giving sight number one giving sight jesus gives sight in verses 1 through 12 now the first thing we read about obviously in this incredible uh, is about this incredible physical healing of a man who was born blind born blind now jesus walking with his disciples passes by this man not by accident or by chance but according to god's divine plan set from eternity past jesus knew That this man would be at this exact place at this exact time and that he would perform this healing um, from eternity past. So again, we see this kind of thinking. The disciples basically ask Jesus, they're walking with him, they pass by this guy and they basically ask, Why was this man born blind? Is it because he sinned or because his parents sinned? why is this man born blind? And we see this kind of thinking again, they assume that sickness and disabilities were always caused by sin. They're always a consequence of sin, which sometimes our, our sickness or our disease or something like that, they might be caused by sin. That might be a consequence of our sin, but certainly not all the time. Jesus puts this thinking to rest. And reveals the real purpose of this man's blindness physical blindness says in verse 3 Jesus answered it was neither neither that this man sinned nor his parents but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him Exodus 4 says that God created the handicapped he created all of us of course and God does all things for his own glory So it's not an accident that this man was born blind, and it's not because he or his parents sinned. He was born blind for this very moment so that God's glory would be on display as Jesus performs this miracle, this healing of the blind man. And that's exactly what happens. Jesus spits on the ground in order to make some clay. He puts the clay on the man's eyes, tells the man to go wash off in the pool of Siloam, which we talked about when we learned about the Feast of the Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. The man does this and immediately he comes back with sight. With sight. Full sight. Perfect sight. He can now see For the first time in his life, he was born blind, never been able to see, and now he truly, fully, immediately has sight. Now this is a great, great miracle. Jesus gives sight, physical sight. But of course, while there should be rejoicing over this man's healing, the Pharisees have a different response, don't they? second point of today proving blindness. Proving blindness in verses 13 through 34. Now the Pharisees in this section prove their spiritual blindness. The blind man is brought to the Pharisees and he is immediately interrogated by them. They want to know who healed you, uh, where did he heal you, and when did he heal you. The man tells them over and over again, he applied clay to my eyes and I washed and I see. Simple as that, what more do you need to know? But that's not enough for them. They even go to the man's parents and ask ask them how this is possible. Was this guy really, truly born blind? I mean, this couldn't have happened. He must have been just partially blind. I don't know what they're thinking, but they're trying to uh, illegitimize Jesus's miracle they're trying to invalidate Jesus's miracle and the parents not wanting to associate with Jesus because they know that they would be put out of the synagogue if they did they pushed the Pharisees off by saying ask our son yourselves he's a grown adult a grown man he can answer for himself so the Pharisees they hate Jesus they will do whatever it takes to trap Jesus and get some information that will allow them to sentence Jesus to death. They're just after Jesus over and over and over. And in this case, again, they're going to claim to be furious that Jesus would perform the miracle on the Sabbath. Remember, no work on Saturdays. They hate it. They don't want to work. They believe they've, they've legalized the whole thing. And so they're saying you can't work at all on Saturdays on the Sabbath. And But we know that there's a deeper issue here. These Pharisees are proving what? That they are spiritually blind. They are spiritually blind. And this explains why they are so persistent going after Jesus. And why no matter what Jesus does, what he says, they do not care. They will constantly reject Jesus because they are blind unless God saves them. And opens their eyes unless they realize their need for a Savior and humbly submit their lives to Jesus they will continue to walk in blindness and reject the Son of God this spiritual blindness will cause them to walk towards their spiritual doom eternity in hell so how can one be cured of spiritual blindness and how do you know if you're spiritually blind or if you have spiritual sight well number three it's a question spiritual sight or blindness do you have spiritual sight or blindness in verses 35 through 41 first let's look at what spiritual sight looks like this is a good thing spiritual sight you want this verse 35 it says Jesus heard that they had put him out and finding him he said Do you believe in the Son of Man? That's what Jesus asked this man. The Pharisees had excommunicated this man who was healed because of his testimony of Jesus. And by the way, this is exactly how believers should expect to be treated by the world who hates Jesus, right? To be excommunicated. We're not of this world. We're of a different world. And so, of course, we expect this. But Jesus hears about the news that this man has been excommunicated And Jesus goes and seeks after this man. He goes to find him. The Lord takes the initiative and seeks after the man. And this is a very important lesson. Spiritual sight comes when God initiates. God seeks the lost sinner first. God desires to give spiritual sight to those who are blind. So this is exactly what Jesus does. Jesus goes to find this man. He does find him, of course, and he asks him an important question, do you believe in the Son of Man? Referring to himself. And with this question, Jesus is now prompting the man to respond in faith and trust. Yes, like we've learned before, God is sovereign. He initiates in salvation, but at the same time, man is responsible to respond, to believe in Christ and repent from their sins. And that's exactly what this man does. He's about to not only gain physical sight, but spiritual sight as well. Let's read in verse 36, he answered, "'Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him?' This man's reply revealed that his heart was prepared to believe in Jesus and then he does read on verse 37 Jesus said to him you have both seen him and he is the one who is talking with you verse 38 and the man said Lord I believe the Spirit of God has opened this man's heart took his blinders off and now not only does this man physically see he now also has gained spiritual sight because of his faith in christ this man is saved and this faith leads to what we see at the end of verse 38 and he worshipped him and he worshipped him so clearly does this man see who jesus is that the only response is to worship him and a famous preacher named Charles Spurgeon, I'm sure you've heard of him, preached on this passage and he said this about this man, and I, I just really liked this quote. He says, quote, Then further, the man acted as a believer, for he worshiped him. This proves how his faith had grown. I should like to ask you who are the people of God when you are the, when you are the happiest. My happiest moments are when I am worshiping God really adoring the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the nearest approach to what it will be be like in heaven, where day without night they offer perpetual adoration to Him that sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. Hence, what a memorable moment it was for this man when he worshiped Christ. Now, if Christ was not God, that man was an idolater, a man-worshipper. If Christ was not God, we are not Christians. We are deceived dupes, deceived fakes. We are idolaters if God is, if Christ is not, not God. But blessed be his holy name. He is God. And we feel that it is the supreme delight of our being to worship him. We worship Christ who is truly God. And that leads us to worship him. Now let me ask you, if you've been saved and you've, been, you've put your faith in Christ, don't you remember this moment when you have finally been freed from your sin, when your blinders have been taken off like this man, and you affirm, yes, Jesus is God, I will submit my life to him, and you are led to worship. Is that same worship-filled spirit in you, that you just want to praise Jesus for who he is and what he has done for you? I pray that it is spiritual sight leads to worship and that is exactly what this man has done what what an incredible testimony to see this man has been physically healed physically given sight and now spiritually given sight he now sees jesus for who he truly is and he is led to worship but what about spiritual blindness Let's read on in verses 39 through 41. It says, And Jesus said, For judgment and I came into this world, so that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may become blind. Those of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, We are not blind too, are we? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But since you say we see, your sin remains. Now you've heard the saying, maybe, Seeing is believing. But here we read the opposite. Seeing is unbelieving. Those who claim to see are the ones who are actually spiritually blind. How is this so? Because we are all born, what? Sinners. We are all born in spiritual blindness. So what is required for us to be saved? First, we need to recognize our own spiritual blindness. We need to recognize and admit that we are blind, that we need help, that we need a Savior. But these Pharisees deny that they need help. They claim to already see, to already be saved because of all their knowledge of the Old Testament and all of their good works. But we are not saved because of our knowledge, our Bible fact knowledge, or our good works, are we? No, we are only saved By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And these Pharisees deny their need for a Savior. They claim to already see. They claim to already have spiritual sight. And so Jesus says, Since you say you already see, your sin remains. Meaning, your sin remains unforgiven. And it's like a person who has a deathly sickness, a deathly disease, and they refuse to admit that they have this deathly disease. And so they won't go to the doctor, they won't go for any help, and what will happen for them? They will eventually die. If you want to continue to refuse that you have a disease and do nothing about it, then you will die with that disease. Or you can humble yourself And admit that you have a disease that disease is sin you are spiritually blind and if you humble yourself submit to the Lord Jesus Christ the light of the world then he will remove those blinders and you will be able to finally see for the first time spiritually see Jesus for who he truly is and be able to live so spiritually blind people though refuse to admit that they are blind and that they need help. They are unwilling to humble themselves and submit to the Lord, and so they continue to reject Him. They're unwilling because they love their sin. They don't want to give it up, and so they remain in their blindness. And if you remain in your blindness, you will never be saved from the wrath that is to come. So let me ask you, have you admitted that you are a sinner in need of a Savior? Have you cried out to the Lord for help, for spiritual sight? And we look back to the greater miracle where Jesus willingly died and rose again so that the spiritually blind can finally see. That's it for today's devotional. Uh, I've got three questions for you, okay? Number one, what is spiritual sight and blindness? Describe that to me. What is spiritual sight and blindness? Number two, what was the healed man's response immediately after he was given spiritual sight? How did this man respond after he was given spiritual sight? And number three, why were the Pharisees spiritually blind? What did they refuse to do? Why were the Pharisees spiritually blind and what did they refuse to do? Submit your answers to those questions and you will be done with day 16 of the John Summer Challenge, over halfway done. And I'll see you tomorrow for day 17.